It's beginning to look a lot like the Project A Plus end of your special. <laughs> I guess we should introduce the podcast. Um, so normally we do episodes on movies or whatever, right? Yeah. But this 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 one we're not going to do any movies. We're going to do a lot of movies. Whoa! <laughs> I know because uh, it's, it's the Project A Plus uh, Christmas end special. of your holiday special. Keep on fighting the war on Christmas. You're not going to win, <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker. Um. So yes, it's we're going to present our. Uh, top 15s in dramatic fashion. Maybe have some other fun categories sprinkled in there too. So for maybe prepare that many fun <laughs> categories. Well, I think 10 fun categories on your part will be plenty for the podcast. Oh, I didn't do 10, I did like 12 or 13. Jesus Christ. Oh my god. I don't even quite understand what you meant, so once you start, I'll kind of understand what you were It's like superlative categories, you know, like the best, the most thing. But like, were they actually legitimate or were they jokes? Uh, most of mine are jokes. Okay. <laughs> Some of them are not. I came up with one joke and then two worse jokes. <laughs> Some of mine are jokes. Okay. But some of them are not. Okay. Um, so, how do you want to start this thing? 15 to 1. Do this thing, baby. Back and forth? We'll do it. We're doing a share the, that till the end. Or maybe we do top five. Or we do... Well, should the, we start with the bad films and then work our way out? Well, what if we what if we split it up so we do the... <laughs> the 15. But that doesn't make sense because the they're different 15 numbers. 15 through 11. And then start and then, switching back and forth. What, no, what do you mean? As in, go from 15 to 11 of our favorite films, then move on to the top 10 worst, number 10 yeah, worst. Yeah, and then go back to the 10 through 6, and then do disappointments, and then 5 through 1. Um, and I think we should do, uh, I guess just I'll do my superlative categories. We could just pepper them in. Yeah, whatever. In between. In between. Yeah. Whatever. Fuck you. You're going to have to choose them too, motherfucker. <sighs> Um, so, uh, the, the to... The pizza's going really well, by the way. <laughs> Have you made more? Yeah, I've made it a few times. <laughs> I thought you were trying to live frugally. It is cheap, I told you. I explained the economics of it. <laughs> no, I must have zoned out. Well, I can explain it again for the benefit of our listeners. Oh, perfect, thank you. <laughs> so, since I've been back in Australia, I've been missing the uh, quintessential New York slice. Because we, we do not have pizzas of a sim- similar economy or scale. And although Domino's uh, Australian branch have uh, released their New Yorker range, which has an attempt at the plain slice, the size of the pie, which is a terminology we do not use, but the size of the full round pizza thing from which the slice is... What do you call it then? uh, Just a pizza. (laughs) What? And then a slice is a slice of pizza. Why don't you call it a pizza pie? I don't know what you're saying. Well, the pie is kind of redundant. Do you need to say... It's like a cake. Yeah. it's like, can I have a slice of cake? Look, okay, from okay, the full let's cake. Say, let's say, okay, let's say you're describing a scene, right? Yeah. And you're like, okay, in a novel, right? You wrote, you, and then you write, there was pizza on the counter, okay? Mm-hmm. That's in your novel that you're writing. Yeah. You need to, if you, if you just write, there was pizza on the counter, 
someone could either picture a full pizza or a slice of pizza. That's true, but like other... that's up to the novelist yeah. to care so... if they want to be more specific. <laughs> but, okay, so but if you're if you're being more specific, how would you do that? Not a not slice you... of pizza. So okay, but what if you want to describe the fact that there's a whole pizza on the counter? There's a whole pizza on the counter. <laughs> <laughs> Just say pizza for you, motherfucker. <laughs> think about, the, but think about the same uh, scenario with it's cake. Done it. Think about it with cake. So what? So if you've cake got, pie. you can say there's cake on the counter. What does that mean? A full cake. <laughs> A slice of cake. You say pizza pie, it's fine. Pizza pie sounds stupid because a pie is a completely different <laughs> you, thing. You're stupid. No, it's not. It is. How is it? How is a pizza what is a, a pie? pie? What is a pie? How is it not a pie? Well, it's not enclosed over the top, like a pie. It doesn't have to be. Pies don't have to no, do that. No, they don't, but they're usually sweet. No, they're not. <laughs> so what? That's not true. No, they're over the, but they're in, like a particular thing. If you picture a pie, you're thinking of something completely different than a pizza. That's pizza's not true. its own category. Pizza is a pie. No, pizza's its own category. We respect pizza what, more, so we don't have to subcategorize. What about deep dish pizza? What about deep dish pizza? Deep dish pizza is garbage. <laughs> so what? That doesn't matter. It doesn't count as anything. It is immaterial for the uh, present discussion. It doesn't discussion. count as food. Your feelings, your feelings on devious pizza are completely immaterial no, to whether not. or not pizza is a pie. Anyway. So fuck you. Where was I in my story? Pizza is a pie. All right, There's so... nothing that distinguishes it from pie. Tell me one thing that makes it distinct from pie. It's like flat and it's got like... So what? It has no depth. It can't have depth. It doesn't have like a filling. It has a topping. Yeah, it does. It's a topping, not Deep a filling. Deep dish pizza. <laughs> Deep dish pizza is not is not anything. I don't even know what. Yeah, it is. You know what it is. De- I would call deep dish You're pizza. You're just invalidating it. You're I would just call, invalidating no, it. No, I, I think to be fair, I would call deep dish pizza like a pizza pie. <laughs> Fuck you. That seems fair <laughs> because you. it's trying to be a pie or Fuck something. Fuck you. Whereas All normal pizza, pizza is like its own thing. Its own I, category. I, I I am over this. I'm over you. <laughs> Anyway, so, uh, as I said, Domino's released their New Yorker range, which try to approximate for the Australian uh, New market... New Yorker range of what? New Yorker pizza. pizza. Like, look at the Domino's Australia website. They won't say pie anywhere. Yeah, because it's not... Because Australia's a country full of idiots. <laughs> and it, it, Italians don't say pizza pie, because pie yeah, is an English do. word. <laughs> what do you think the, the word... Maybe pizza pie is, is, is a transliteration, not transliteration. <laughs> I doubt a, it. An equivalent to the... To the <laughs> whatever the Italian word is for the whole uh, thing of a pizza. You don't fucking what, know. What, what, is, what is... Is like pizza like... <laughs> is that actually a descriptive word in, in Italian? I have no idea. But pizza is like... You know, it's like a pseudo-Italian thing. Alright, alright. So Domino's uh, have released this New York range of pizza... And they have one that's attempting to approximate the classic New York plain slice. So if you get the full pizza or pie, if you will, um, it's only 16 inches in diameter, which is two inches shy of the uh, size of a proper New York pie from which those lovely large slices uh, originate. And to top that off, uh, they essentially don't change anything else about the way they make pizza for Australians. So it's got a thicker dough than New Yorkers would be accustomed to. Um, and just their bog standard sauces and whatever on the top. So for a long time I tried to rationalise uh, whether I was willing to fork out a, an extreme amount of money for me, which is like you know, $17 or $18, plus whatever the delivery fee is, just to 
have this pizza that is obviously going to fall way short of my uh, expectations. And luckily, I never bothered to uh, do that. And instead, I decided to explore. Uh, okay, 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 all right, okay, all right, okay. I was flying. <laughs> the word pizza uh, apparently has its origins from the Greek word that means pie. So, <laughs> fuck you. Well, then, I don't, I don't need then your you're saying shit anymore. Then it's a fucking tautology. You're saying pie pie, yeah, like whatever. ATM that's machine. That's not a tautology, so it's just American. redundant. The pie is in the pizza, so... You shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> but, that doesn't, but that doesn't change the fact that pizza is a pie, so fuck you. <laughs> uh. So I'll concede I'll concede the, the pie link. But I won't concede the terminology pizza pie. I don't even, pie, care. I don't even care anymore. I don't even care anymore. I don't care. So it's kind of win, you you win lose for you both of arguing, us. You were arguing from win, a lose position of, of not knowing that. So. Win lose for both of us. Fine. I accept that. <laughs> um, uh, so but fuck you. Anyway, what I, I, what I ended up doing. Stupid story. <laughs> I, I was doing one of my favorite things, which is perusing the uh, the cheapest options in my local supermarket. <laughs> uh-huh. Which is the home brand option. Wait, but you, but no, 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 you, you did end up buying this Domino's pizza. No, I didn't buy it. Oh, I thought you did. No, I didn't. Oh. Huh. Luckily, I didn't, because I, I saved myself $25 and, and a disappointment. Well, I pizza. thought that you had tried it and it was garbage. No, no. I've watched people try it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> That's like eating it yourself. Um, anyway, so what I did is I bought these, uh, there was a packet of three thin slices uh, of pre-made dough um for uh six dollars mm-hmm. we'll get to the we'll convert it later but this is six dollars australian approximately a uh, hundred dollars american yeah so, <laughs> so i bought that and i bought a uh home brand mozzarella cheese mm-hmm. and a can of tomato sauce no it's not a mm-hmm. can of tomato sauce i made the sauce myself with a can of uh whole tomatoes mm-hmm. why don't you speak the dough yourself because then it's like less. I just wanted to try it, like as a fast food kind of thing, like a quick. Okay. Thing. okay. I, I didn't want to bother okay. preparing dough and like waiting overnight and whatever. Okay. Please continue. Because my idea was like I wanted to recreate the size, and I realized, well, I don't need a full pie worth of slices. <laughs> I could just use one of these small but quote unquote large pre-made bases and just cut a massive slice out of it that basically traveled the whole diameter of, of this particular circumference so that's exactly what i did i made a nice sauce um, by reducing my can of tomatoes down with some garlic and salt and sugar and olive oil um uh-huh. spread that on the base shaved some mozzarella which i'd frozen for 15 minutes beforehand to make it easy to grate and uh, bunged that in the oven, carved out my massive slice when it was ready, about 12 minutes later, and it wasn't quite right. I tried it, I was like, well, it's, it's close, but it's not quite there. I realized the most important finishing touches, of which there are two, but I'd say the most important one is mm-hmm. additional salt and like, like finishing salt. So I liberally sprinkled the slice with finishing salt, poured on some chili peppers, as in chili flakes, I should say, and tried it, and uh, within sneezing distance of the 
worst New York slice, I would say. This is just a, a long prelude to you opening up your own dollar pizza chain in, in Australia. That's right. But anyway, the cost works out to maybe $3 per large pizza, and that large pizza is enough for two meals, like a breakfast and a dinner. And then if you convert that to American, which is less, like $2 or something, it's a pretty good deal. And it's significantly cheaper than like buying Domino's or something. Okay, so uh, shall we start doing our top 15s? Our top 5 through 11s? Yeah, let's, let's, let's nail this. Let's do it. Okay, so we need some sort of interstitial music, I think. Which I will provide in post. Okay. That was the, that was like the demo. So just sample that. I'll sample that, yeah. Hey, do you want to give you another one? Yeah. Okay. Done. And give me some words, like, films, films, top 15, top 15. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Um, films. Is that, is that it? Is that good? Some more words. Okay, uh, top 15. 15. And maybe 15. Some, some little phrases like, we really liked these. These were good too. Uh, okay, okay. We really like these. We really like these. We really like these. We really like these. Way of the future. <laughs> Films. Top 15. 15. Hugh Hamilton, what was your number 15 film of the year? I thought you were starting. Nope. But then that gives you, like, the number one slot. I know. Wow. All right, my number 15 film of the year that I... uh, And I just want to remind listeners that I quickly cobbled together (laughs) 11 through 15. Because I didn't realize it had to be a top 15. Because you couldn't fucking read. That's not not somebody's five on your own. I'm just reminding listeners to give them context for why my list uh, is what uh, it is. And why so, you only did three superlative categories. My number 15 is uh, The Commuter. <laughs> oh, this should have been on my list. <laughs> yeah, that's a good movie. I mean, it's I'm okay. I'm saw it. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, pretty good. I guess it was uh, the 15th that'll... best film I saw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll, that'll uh, come up later in one of my superlative categories. I'll quickly explain what it is. So it's uh, the Liam Neeson film on a train. Um, did you hear something really great that I learned the other day? Mm-hmm. About a future Liam Neeson movie that's coming out next year? Mm-hmm. That it will no doubt take the spot in your best of 2019 uh, mm-hmm. list. Number 15. Uh, yeah. Uh, he is in a film called Cold Pursuit. Next, that's coming out next. Oh, that sounds good already. Okay. Uh, The plot follows a snowplow driver who sets out to get revenge on the gangsters who killed his son. (laughs) So, it's the commuter, but with a snowplow. Wow, and it's leaning more heavily on his uh, offspring killing franchise. Yeah. Or offspring kidnapping or whatever. Kidnapping. Well, he doesn't kidnap the offspring. The, ki- the offspring are kidnapped. The, uh, Laura Dern is in it. So. Sweet. Even better. It's going to be good. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, yes. So that was your number 15. What What did you do? Why did you decide that was your number 15 film? Because it had to be something. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good movie. It was, quite, it was quite enjoyable. 
uh, I, I just remember like choosing it from Netflix one afternoon and it was quite it was quite fun. I feel like I feel like it is the best possible version of what it is. Mm. Which is to say a movie called The Commuter. <laughs> <laughs> and like the class consciousness really spoke to me. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like the idea of Cassie, we have decent as like a blue collar character. It's, it's a little absurd. Um, anyway, so should I go on to my 15? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, have to, you have to set me up, though. How do I set you up? Oh, uh, hey, Hunter, what's your number 15? Well, so my number 15 is actually, a, is actually not a film. It is films. What? Yeah, I know. You broke the I contract. Have our tie, our one and only tie, which is, I'll describe this as. Uh, blockbuster corner. <laughs> so these were the two blockbusters. Um, you gotta choose one. Gun to your head. Nope. Sorry. Uh, that I liked more than most other blockbusters. Whatever you say first is the one you like more. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> That's the rule. I'm gonna say both. Of them. I'm gonna say both of them, and you can fuck, <laughs> you, fuck you. I say both of them once. <laughs> you could. You could. Have, you could. Have, you could have had a tie, and I wouldn't have complained about it at all. You motherfucker. Can I fucking continue? You may. So uh, part of the reason I chose these two movies is that. Besides myself, uh, not many people <laughs> seem to like them that much. So, downsizing. Uh, or if they did, it was sort of a grudging, downsizing email last year, a grudging respect. Or not a grudging respect, but a grudging sort of admittance that there was something to them. Um, and these are, of course, uh, Ron Howard's great uh, entry into the Star Wars universe, Solo, a mm-hmm. Star Wars story, and Steven Spielberg's... Uh, uh, evocation and uh, sort of uh, circle jerk of 80s nostalgia, Ready Player One. <laughs> so those are my two uh, tied for 15th place on my best of 2018 top 15. Set me up. Okay. Um, so are you are you more of a Lucy Liu or a Tay Diggs type? Lucy Liu all the way. Okay, okay. Um, so I was going to write Tay Diggs. <laughs> okay, Hugh Hamilton, what is your number 14 best movie of 2018? Okay, my number 14 best movie of 2018, according to me. According uh, to you, Hugh Hamilton. Shirkers. Hmm. What is Shirkers? And Shirkers was a documentary by uh, a Singaporean filmmaker called Sandy Tan who made a bizarre film uh, when she was uh, coming out of high school. And I've talked about it on the podcast before. Uh, I wasn't... I, I, I thought maybe the documentary could be a little bit stronger in places. Like, it, it, it sort of feels like it lacks a, a proper resolution. Or the resolution it, it goes for doesn't uh, quite land in the way maybe it needed to. But it is an enjoyable film. I really liked the insight into sort of the Singaporean counterculture especially earlier in the film um and that is my number 14 okay my number 14 uh best movie of 2018 as chosen by me hunter sawyer is a film entitled mandy uh from director panos cosmatos um mandy is a, a movie where nicholas cage um does some bad things to people <laughs> That's about it. Uh, and I feel like most of the film's appeal is uh, sort of located in the fact that Nicolas Cage is, uh, gives a really, you know, committed performance. Um, sometimes while only partially clothed. Um, 
And, you know, it has some issues, I will admit. Um, but uh, if I'm thinking about the movies that I, I found purely enjoyable, uh, only one of the movie really tops it in terms of just uh, entertainment value. So I have to give it that. Um, and it has a very sort of uh, cliched but enjoyable visual schema, I think. Mm-hmm. And maybe it is a little too indebted to trying to capture like a midnight movie feel. But I think some of the stuff in it really genuinely uh, works on its own terms. Uh, especially uh, the aforementioned Mr. Cage and uh, Andrea Riceborough as the titular character. And also uh, Linus Roach as Jeremiah Sand, the cult leader. Um, all three of them give really good performances. Uh, and there's one woman in particular that is probably... It's it's definitely up there in terms of just the best scenes of uh, 2018 where uh, Mandy re- rebukes the uh, cult leader in a really uh, kind of awe-inspiring way, I think. Uh, so that's Mandy. That's a really good soundtrack. Funnily enough, uh, Mandy was mm. screened on my living room wall... Uh, a week ago. Whoa. Did you watch it? No, it was like uh, my roommate and, and her friends mm. were watching it on a projector. I imagine it'd be a movie that you would not enjoy. Hmm, <laughs> maybe not. I have reservations about it, but they're the same reservations that you've acknowledged and said that you enjoyed it even still. So maybe I, I couldn't But I feel it. like I feel like I have more affection for the things that I had reservations about. Right, okay. So it might be a little easier for me to get past them. But it's pretty good. So that's your number 14. That's my number 14. Uh, Mr. Hugh Hamilton. What is your number 13? <laughs> I don't even remember writing this down in the <laughs> five minutes that I, I did, or, or 20 seconds that I did this well, earlier in the podcast. feel free to change it. But uh, I wrote down Paradox. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, Paradox is not on my worst movies of 2015. Yeah, no, it's that's, not a, that's it's right. Not, it's not going to be anywhere, so... Dale Hannah's Paradox, uh, <coughs> which, which I better, did... Better than Shirkers. I just want to... Yeah. Can, can you say that on... on just, say, just say this and it's... Uh, Paradox is better than Shirkers. Paradox is better than Shirkers. Okay, I'm perfect. the comedian. <laughs> okay, okay. Go right ahead. Uh, uh, which I, I don't think is a particularly good film... <laughs> <laughs> if you analyze fact, it as in a fact, in fact, in fact, I feel like many people would argue that it is in fact a quite a bad film. <laughs> but um, uh, I think we talked about this a little bit on our episode about it. Our episode dedicated solely to the movie Paradox. <laughs> it was dedicated solely to the movie Paradox. And I don't know if it's even been released yet because it's our new young special. So no, so but it's it's not solely dedicated to. Paradox. So we may talk more about it after this episode, I yeah. guess. Um, yeah, so maybe don't go into too much detail. No, for that but uh, Daryl Hannah's paradox. Uh, <laughs> it was. It wasn't. It wasn't the most enjoyable viewing experience. But kind in of in fact, retrospect. In fact, well, well, in fact, some might say it. It was insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's sufferable. I would give it. That. I would it's say sufferable. It's, there are some parts that are sufferable. <laughs> um, but uh, my sort of fondness for it. I mean, no, like when I think back on it, I, I, I think back on it rather fondly for, for a reason I can't even <laughs> quite articulate. I don't even know why. That's, that's stupid. But I thought it was, wasn't like cynical or um, mean spirit or anything. It was just, it was, it was kind of just, it was just sweet dumb. in its way. It was just dumb. It was bad, 
bad but sweet. So I'll give it bad and bad and bad. Unlucky thirteen. What about your uh, paradox equivalent film? Uh, my film that is in your mind as good as paradox. <laughs> <laughs> by Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah's uh, <laughs> very quiet and sentimental uh, love, love movie paradox. Yeah, masterpiece. There you go. Uh, is Black Panther. Well, number it, not, my mind Black Panther. is not saying that Black Panther and Paradox are on the same plane I I as think, my list oh, will make plane. Oh, oh. But your enjoyment of Paradox is equal to my enjoyment of yes. Black Panther. No, I just... I, I, I watch way more movies than you, so I don't have any sort of Paradox level. In <laughs> um, but what more can you say about Black Panther than has already been said? Probably nothing. So, that's it. Alright, sweet. What was your number 12? My number 12 was Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> really? Hmm. Uh, interesting. I mean, you're expressing surprise after I've already delivered the paradox bomb. <laughs> I feel like when paradox is something that I would expect from you. <laughs> <laughs> well, crazy. Like I was just looking at films I I enjoyed when I was getting from uh, Beyond Number Ten, yeah. at least. Um, right. And yeah, Crazy Rich I thought was was a solid, enjoyable romantic comedy. Okay. And I had a good time in the cinema, so I'm giving it number twelve. <laughs> okay. Um. Come on. Ah, what is your number 12, buddy? Hey, buddy. My number 12 is a movie that you did not like. Mm. (laughs) Can you guess what it is based on that description? Mm, A movie I did not like. Yes. But has been generally... (laughs) That has been generally acclaimed. Uh, Is that a movie you've talked about? The Ballad of Buster Scruggs? Yes. (laughs) My number 12 is The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. (laughs) Um, the Coen Brothers' latest uh, anthology of Western stories. You know, I will admit, um, I I think all not all the segments are great. In fact, I would say um, none of them. Five are. of them are, <laughs> and I didn't I did not care for one of the segments that much. Which one was that? Um, the one with Zoe Kazan. Yeah, I wasn't sure about that either, and that that seemed to get a lot of acclaim uh, in some of the reviews. Yeah, I didn't really. Which didn't really get that. Didn't care for that one that much. No. But all the rest of them I thought were great. Uh, and uh, I actually kind of... I felt the cinematography, which you uh, infamously complained about. <laughs> off uh, off podcast. Well suited. Yes. Uh, yes. In our in our private chats. Yeah. Uh, was well suited to sort of the... Uh, meta... Not sort of meta way. The film is almost about western iconography more than mm. it is a western uh, it sort of added a level of like fakiness to it mm. so there you go i'll say i, I enjoyed uh, the it's... um tom waits segment <laughs> the tom waits one is very enjoyable not, not particularly but... because of like its core content or anything i just kind of enjoyed watching tom waits yeah. stumble around like a nice um, landscape on his but own. i feel like any movie that features um uh, a character played by uh, what's his name? God, I was Tim gonna Ross Nelson. Into the, Blake yes. Howard Nelson. Tim Tim, Tim Blake, Blake Nelson. <laughs> Tim Blake Nelson. Uh, any any uh, a film that features uh, Tim Blake Nelson ascending to heaven with a pair of wings uh, it was uh, inevitably going to end up on my top fifteen list. Just like so, the film I go. watched last night, Thin Red Line. <laughs> that is a great film. <laughs> 
Um, I think he gets killed, so I guess he goes to heaven. I don't know. I can't. Maybe he doesn't. I, I forgot that he was in it. <laughs> There's a lot of people in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's filled with a famously uh, large cast. Bruce Willis offered like to pay the the casting crew or something to get a to get a few lines in the movie, and he didn't get any. Lines, didn't get any really? Lines. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> That's funny. No one would have been distracted. Like everyone else was like, I will, I will do it for free or whatever. Like everyone else was like desperate to be in it. And he was outright trying to bribe them to be in it. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's so weird. I do love, I love, I love George Clooney in it. It's so good. <laughs> He's in the end. It's so funny. Also the fact yeah, that that's, that's the, probably the saddest part, I, I guess from the actor's perspective, is Adrian Brody because the film was supposed to be built around his... I don't care, like, in, I don't care isn't a decision, but, like, if I was Adrian Brody and that happened to me, it'd be kind of annoying. Um, Fuck Adrian Brody. Anyway, we're not talking about uh, Thin Red Line. But what, the, thing about, the thing about seeing Adrian Shut Brody up. that was interesting in that, I was like, I, I thought he was uh, Jamaican. Like, it was weird that he's speaking of American <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach through the uh, microphone and punch you in the face. <laughs> How's that sound? I never want to not remind people about that. <laughs> His best performance. Yeah, yeah, by far. Um, okay, uh, so The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, a movie, a movie you did not like, but are barred from saying anything bad about, at least during this segment. Yeah, alright, let's move on. Okay, uh, so Hugh Hamilton, what was your number 11 film of 2018? Well... You've already uh, uh, mentioned it, but it is Solo, a Star Wars story, mm. which was uh, a very solid, enjoyable film, and certainly a lot more enjoyable than I anticipated <laughs> it would be. Yeah, me too. It's just a just a well-made little space western. That's right. Yeah. Number Good. eleven for you. Good so. film. Uh, my number eleven uh, is a film that's going to out me as a <laughs> a boring white person. Anyway, it is Golden Exit, Alex Ross Perry's film about a bunch of sort of middle-class uh, white Brooklyners who are all in terrible relationships. Uh, but it's just an impeccably made film uh, that I really enjoyed a lot. I really like Alex Perry uh, to an excessive degree. And, this and is Australia's own dot dot dot. Uh, what's her name? Elizabeth Browning? Yeah. Yeah. From she's good. She's from very a, good at from that. From a film we and also in, both like. the only... Let me finish. Sucker Punch. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I was referring to uh, Stuart Murdoch's sole feature to date. Stuart Murdoch? Hmm. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Uh, from Bell and Sebastian. Isn't that his name? Oh, yes. No, no, no. Yes, you're correct. God help the girl. God help the girl, yeah. My brain just skipped a couple beats there. Yeah, she's good in that too. Mm, she is, uh, and I think I think her acting ability is directly correlated with if she's allowed to play an Australian character, which yes. she does in Golden Exits. Yes, uh, and as she does in uh, God Help the Girl. Um, but yeah, Golden Exits. It's it's definitely worth a watch. Kind of slept on a bit, but um, good good film. And uh, is the Beastie Boy good in it? He is quite good. I'm not. I'm never. That was never much of a uh, Beastie Boy. Because oh, Mutiny oh, on the Bounty. Oh god! Oh god! That hurt my uh, ears. I actually, I, I got, I was way more interested in Adam Horowitz when I learned that he uh, is married to Kathleen Hanna of Bikini Kill. Ah, oh, is he? I didn't even know that. Yeah, 
Yeah, a band I was much, much more fond of than uh, the Beastie Boys when I was growing up. Um, anyway, so that is our first little segment of our top films of 2015. Now, would you like to do Disappointments or Bottom Ten next? I feel like Disappointments. All right, let's do Disappointments. Uh, but no, let's let's do some superlatives first. Jesus. All right. I'll do uh, Can I do the first three one? of mine. I'll do three of mine to one of yours. All right, fine. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so this is the category. <laughs> so I say the category and I say the nominees and then the winner. Yeah. And then the winner. Okay. Yep. So this category is called uh, Best Exploration of Love. <laughs> okay. And the nominees are Zoe. <laughs> <laughs> and the winner is. <laughs> okay, uh, can I propose a uh, counter? Uh? No, you can go by the one nominee. <laughs> okay, my nominee for that category is Set It Up, and my winner is Set It Up. <laughs> Alright. Okay, uh, my first category is Most Hilarious Plot Twist. Okay, so we're going to get into some spoilers right now. Mm-hmm. Um, these are some. I'm going to probably spoil some films that you haven't seen. So, can I you guess. tell what the films are, but, and I can tell you if I want to know what Okay, well, two of them you've already seen, so I'm not going to tell you what they are. All right. Um, one of them is Hereditary. Oh, yeah, I didn't care about that. I didn't really want to watch okay. it. Okay, and that's it. It's just three films. All right, All right so my, the most hilarious plot twists for me were, and the nominees are, <laughs> Jurassic World Fall of Kingdom, um, when it's revealed that the like little girl is a clone for no reason. <laughs> 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 Pretty funny. <laughs> Um, and then I'm going to tell you the only part of Hereditary that I really enjoyed. Um, so, uh, there's a sequence in which, um, a teenage boy drags his little sister, is forced to drag his little sister to a, uh, sort of teenage party, right? Uh, and the sister has some sort of nut allergy and accidentally consumes a snack that has this nut in it, right? So he's, she starts going into anaphylactic shock, um, and the teenage boy has, uh, at this point taken drugs and drinking alcohol. Okay. Oh no! So he rushes out with her, carrying her, uh, into <laughs> into a uh, into the minivan that he drove in, or the SUV. Is this that creepy looking girl? Yeah. Okay. Um, and this is this this made me burst out laughing in the theater. <laughs> um, so he's rushing her to the hospital. The mu- music is getting really like intense, right? Mm. And uh, there's some shots of the girl trying to struggling to breathe, and. Uh, for some reason, she seems to want fresh air, so she naturally rolls down the window, right? All the while, the boy is panicking. He's going way too fast, okay? Um, and so the girl sticks her head out of the window, okay? <laughs> and is promptly decapitated by <laughs> an electrical pole. <laughs> and that's what happens to hereditary. <laughs> it's really out of nowhere, and I thought it was very Does she funny. come back to life so. as a ghost or something? Nope. <laughs> That's so weird. I know. It's not it's what I expected very... from the trailer. <laughs> no, me neither. Which is one of the reasons I thought it was so hilarious. Uh, but just having a decapitation via telephone pole is funny enough for me. It just seems very improbable method of uh, knocking someone's head off. Um, but so uh, and then uh, I think I think you'll agree with me uh, about the comedy, which is uh, Zo. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is the twist, the twist at the end of Zoe, um, being that uh, Zoe suddenly can cry because she has tear ducts. And that has to win, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously. 
So I was the runaway winner so far. What are are your... um... What are your nominees? I have to remember polite twists. I can't even remember any. Yeah, yeah. Too bad. You should have. You should have started thinking about this beforehand. Started thinking about a time. category you hadn't told me about. <laughs> yep, yep. Isn't the point of this segment? I have to think of it on the spot, so I can't. Yeah, think exactly. Of it so, so, so think it. But you could have thought about it while I was going through my nominees and stuff. Mute. Mute had a twist. <laughs> what, what, what was it? The the the, the kidnapped woman was. Had been murdered, I guess. Oh, yeah, I guess it's a twist. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll cop that. that. That's acceptable. Um, and I repeat at least two of your nominees. Yeah. But Zoe's got to win. Zoe's got to win. Zoe's yeah. a knockout for that one. Okay. So, my next category uh, is Best Clone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and your nominees are Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, mm-hmm. for the aforementioned clone child, uh, Annihilation... Yeah. And so, again. <laughs> um, and uh, I have to say, uh, <laughs> the winner for me is uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, because Annihilation, the clone is sort of more of an alien. It's mm. not a clone, but it's more of an alien. So yeah. it kind of gets disqualified on that, on that its grounds. And, and Zoe, I mean, Zoe is alive, so I guess, I mean, she's like sentient, so I suppose she can have clones too, but... She's a robot, so they it's have really, clones. You know, the, they have clones of the model or perfected versions of the yeah. same model. But it's, so it's not really the same. No, it's not really. The same. Yeah, so the, yeah, Jurassic Park. I agree with that. Jurassic Park. Wins. So Jurassic World. Jurassic World wins. Although um, I couldn't think of any more clones. Asako so. one and two, which is, is a film that uh, I saw, but you, you, I don't think have seen. But um, you can, you can still bring up films. Has like a like kind that. of doppelganger, a physical doppelganger at least. But it's not really a clone. It's not a clone. But I, I was no, just throwing it in. Um, what are there? I couldn't think of any more clones. No, so that's all I got. Yeah. Stan so and Ollie, which... like Coogan and uh, and John C. Reilly, basically <laughs> I mean, clones. Like clones. <laughs> <laughs> the real deal. Uh, yeah, no, that's, that'll do. So what? What do you? So do you agree with me that I Jurassic World? Jurassic Park. Park. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Or Jurassic World. Uh, Alright, so uh, the next category is the Clifford Memorial Prize for Excellence in Creepy Casting. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Uh, and your nominees are the film Widows, uh, specifically for, um, what's his name? Oh my god, I just can't remember actors' names today. Daniel Kaluuya. Daniel, yes. Oh yeah, the British guy. Yeah, and he's he plays a creepy guy in, in Widows. Okay. Um, uh, the next is Hold the Dark for Alexander Skarsgård, who is not good by any conventional, uh, stretch of the imagination, but is certainly creepy. Uh, and then Linus Roach and Mandy, um, just because he's really good at being a creepy cult leader, who's also really pathetic, but very creepy. Uh, and then Suspiria, which is just pretty much everyone in Suspiria. Mm. Uh, and finally Burning for... Uh, Steven Yeun's heel turn, let's say. So there you go. I do want to see that, so... I won't spoil it for you. Don't give away too much. Okay. But I will say that this one is actually a tie for me between Mandy and Bernie. Because both Linus Roach and Steven Yeun are terrific at being Mm. creeps. (laughs) So, there you go. Uh, Do you have any creepy casting award to award? What about Neil Young in Paradox? (laughs) <laughs> he's pretty creepy <laughs> what about Willie Nelson in Paradox 
What about Luke Nelson? <laughs> I should have included that as my, uh, that, that, that moment made me laugh maybe harder than anything else. Uh, and what about, um, Luke Nelson <laughs> and, uh, uh, Star, Star is Born? Born? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought I would include the, uh, manager from A Star is Born. Mm. He's pretty creepy. What about the absence of the sexual predator from the predator? <laughs> you kind of feel it as a character in the film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else? John Houston in The Other Side of the Wind. <laughs> he is pretty creepy. <laughs> uh, okay, that's that's so... Who, do, who are you going to give it to? You have to give it to someone. What were your options again? No, you have to come up with them. <laughs> I just... Alright, so I'll give it to John Houston then. The last thing I said. Okay. Um... Okay, so shall we move on to our... Well, let me actually count how many I have these I have so, uh, and see if I should do four or three. Imagine if we did, like, ten each. Like it, <laughs> It'd be, be great. Such a tedious so I, I, did, I did 14, so I should do another one, probably. Uh, you don't have to do them all. I have to do you all edit. of them. edit. I have to do all of them. <laughs> <laughs> and if you edit one of them out, I'm going to cancel the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, so this prize is the Spotlight Award for a critically acclaimed movie that I have no interest in seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the films that are nominated for this are We've No Trace, uh, Wild Life. I'm trying to even or, remember what Leave No Trace was. Uh, it's a movie where Ben Foster is like a, a survivalist PTSD dad. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. National yeah. Park was like, don't want to see that, don't care. Uh, Wild Life, which is like the Paul Dano directed film about did you see, Mulligan being a Did you see Winter's Bone? No. Okay. Um, the Old Man in the Gun. Uh, Roma. Yep, I agree with that too. <laughs> uh, eight, eighth Grade. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, The House That Jack Built. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the one that I chose as my winner is Eighth Grade. Uh, what about you? I wouldn't give it to eighth grade. I wouldn't say that's the one I, uh, as in personally, I wouldn't say that's the well, one I that would. Is, that is the one I would. That's my winner. <laughs> Which one would you give it to? Kind of tempted to give it to Roma. <laughs> that would be uh, funny considering that's by far the most acclaimed film that I chose for that li- this list. Even though I almost watched it if I had more time, I probably would have watched it for the podcast just to have something to I'll, I'll probably watch it if it gets nominated for Academy Awards. Anyway, what are we doing now? Biggest disappointment. We are doing our top five disappointments. Are we doing? Are, they, are these supposed to be ranked? I mean, they can be. We could just do five disappointments if you want to. Let's just do five disappointments. Okay. Okay. These, I'm just gonna read them off as I wrote them down. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I'll give my number one disappointment because I have that. All right. Okay. So, let's see. Do you want to start, or should I start this this for this? You start for this. Okay. Uh, one of my disappointments is Steve McQueen's Widows, uh, which I was pretty excited to see. All of my disappointments, I must say, except for one of them, I would say, are films that I liked a decent amount, um, but I was just expecting so much more just given the amount of acclaim uh, that they received, the directors that made them, or uh, just my own stupid expectations for films. Um, so Widows definitely falls in that category. It's a film that I uh, sort of enjoyed watching, but on the whole was pretty whatever about um it doesn't really i feel like it's it's it almost feels like it's embarrassed to be a genre picture so it feels the need to just really haphazardly slap this like um really poorly thought out political commentary on top of it 
and it's not really successful as either, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So did not did not especially care for that. That has some really striking moments, um, but it's a little too. Uh, it's very tonally incoherent, I'd say, uh, and I think that can work in films, uh, but in this case, it does not. <laughs> So that's my take on Widows. And what is one of your disappointments? Monsieur Uamudo. Some of these aren't like, I wouldn't say they're massive disappointments in the sense that I was like hugely looking forward to them. I just had to pad out my list a little bit. But (laughs) uh, I guess we'll start with Annihilation. Which I just hoped was was going to be better than it was, even though I'm not necessarily a massive Alex Garland fan or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've even seen Deus Ex Machina. We will we will talk about that later. But Annihilation, um, I did thought it was pretty pretty bland in the end. Yeah. Not not very successful in in the type of lyrical science fiction it was trying to emulate. No, you did notably like it better than I did. I did. I didn't mind. Like I didn't hate it. Yeah, which um, I did. But, yeah. but we'll talk about that later. So what, what, what's another disappointment from you? Uh, another disappointment for me is Lynn Ramsey's You Were Never Really Here. Interesting. Um, which uh, is like, a what if Taxi Driver was a movie that was like, yes, Travis Bickle do good! Uh, that's a little little weird. Um, but I also think it's kind of uh, another another one of these films that's like, this would just be better if you just want made a like a trashy like mm. you know thriller and instead of like having to say some like dumb gibberish about like pedophiles being into American politics isn't isn't that really like clever that that everyone every politician in America is a pedophile I don't know it's it's just a little dumb I think um, but it has some very striking moments. Um, but as a whole, I did not especially care for it that much. I, I just found it peculiar when I read about it that it was based on a Jonathan Ames novel. Yeah, who I also don't care for. Yeah, me either. So. Uh, but, um, yeah, I just, uh, I just, I just, I just, I just did not care for that one that much. So there you go. That's, you were never really here. Cool. Uh, that, that was that actually might be the biggest gulf between my reaction to it and how excited I was for it. Mm. But maybe not. Um, maybe that'll be topped by another film that we already talked about. Throw me some bones. Oh, we'll later. Right. So I'll throw you a boner. What's your number? Another disappointment. For you. Another disappointment. Uh, Hold the dark. And again, didn't have particularly <laughs> high expectations. Well, we will we will talk about that one later, but in a different yeah. context. Yes, we will. So maybe um, just say it, and then... Didn't have particularly high expectations, but after watching some of Blue Room <laughs> and all of Green Room, uh, I at least hoped for something on par with, with those films, and this certainly was not that. <laughs> no. No. Uh, the less I, said about I, it, the better, I think. I just hate, I hate yeah. talking about it. I hate remembering well, watching it, because it, it was so well, tedious. We'll t- we, will, we will talk a bit about it later, I think. Yeah, I think we will. Anyway, your turn. Uh, Alright, so another disappointment for me is uh, Black Klansman, uh, which I was like pretty excited to see. You know, I like me, I like some Spike Lee movies. He's a pretty good actor, um, but instead I found just a film that was like, you know, just uh, sort of bad. <laughs> I don't know, the funny but uh, pretty glib and uh, surface level, I think. 
and it's a little tasteless. The only reason that I wouldn't include that as a disappointment, because um, I think I've, I was similarly lukewarm about it. Um, but I don't think you were as excited about it as I was. Yeah, I wasn't. I didn't. Ex- I'd already already read some of the mixed reviews about it, so I, did, I wasn't really expecting it to be amazing or anything. So there wasn't that much of a gap between. Well, I was. Mm. <laughs> and it was it was pretty disappointing, which is why it's one of my five disappointments. Um, yeah, yeah, just a movie that I'm still a little perplexed by how uh, positive reception it received. Hmm. Okay. And what is another disappointment for you? Uh, Phantom Thread. That. Uh, I think it was released okay. in Australia, two thousand eighteen. Whatever. Don't think. Okay, I saw it in two thousand eighteen. <laughs> so I'm pretty <laughs> That's sure. Stupid. <laughs> That's stupid. No, I'm pretty sure it was only released in Australia, two thousand eighteen. I'm looking it up right now. Oh, it was only released in. Okay, fine. Yeah. It counts. Yeah. Cool. Fine. Phantom Thread. A um, movie that I loved and was my favorite movie of last year. <laughs> so we always have reservations about um, the guy who directed the name of the gun for some reason. <laughs> P.T. Anderson. P. Um, yes, Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, uh, doesn't he have to go by Paul Thomas Anderson because P.T. Anderson is taken by the video game guy? Or Nope. Okay. It's Paul W.S. Anderson. Oh, uh, right. Okay. Whatever. Um so, uh, so you can't just be Paul Anderson. He has to be Paul. What I was trying to say is, is I do have reservations about uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's work prior to seeing uh, Phantom Thread, or I did have reservations about his work prior to seeing Phantom Thread. Uh, but I still found it quite underwhelming, uh, nonetheless. Mm. Well, I must admit I was, but I, w- I don't want to step over your opinions. This is you your can, corner. You to can step on my opinions. You can disagree. Yeah, I was, I was quite, I was quite whelmed by. You're whelmed. By, I was. I was very, I was very whelmed by. You were sufficiently whelmed. Not yeah. overwhelmed, just, just no. right. Just. I was, I was perfectly whelmed. Yeah. Good. <laughs> and that is my favorite movie of last year. It's my favorite movie of this year. But also the biggest disappointment. No. Um, yeah. What is another disappointment for you, sir? Uh, give me a second. Um, so this, this film is probably my number one disappointment, which was Annihilation. Mm. Uh, which I, you know what, I liked Ex Machina well enough. Um, but I really, really liked the novel Annihilation upon which the movie was based. And I always hate this sort of criticism that's like, the book is better, and it's, it's really sort of a shallow way to approach. I know, because you said that on the Annihilation episode. Yeah. But uh, when I was reading the book, I was like, this would be a really good movie if they did it right. And boy, did they have to do it right. So that's, that's all I have to say. It's just a, uh, a dumb movie that um, seems to mistake its own sort of um, uh, uh, blandness and lack of ideas for intelligence. <laughs> should I apologize for misnaming <laughs> X, X Machina? Yeah, you should. Nah, I'll, I'll uh, let it go. 
but uh, another film where I'm like, I do not understand why people like this movie so much. Mm. So, there you go. So that's your biggest disappointment? Yeah, by far. I was even expecting to be like, wow, the soundtrack is going to be good, and the soundtrack is terrible. That can't be right, because I've got two more to list. Uh, but it was the the way I listed. I just wrote them down as they. Ah, okay. Me, so you so you didn't leave it to the end. You weren't thinking. No. Build up. Or no, I don't. I don't really care about. No, no. So you, it's a perfect. You want to. The climax isn't isn't the end of a film. It's it's near the end. Oh, so then your last choice is like the come down after the big. Yeah, scene. exactly. What what is another disappointment for you? Another disappointment for me. Mm, what should I say is my biggest disappointment? It's tricky. For me, that was probably the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Mm. In that case, which I don't think is like a terrible film, but I I didn't find much to enjoy about it. It felt mm. very thin to me, but I, I found little to enjoy, and I, I thought it was quite ugly um, visually, as we've discussed off air. Yeah. Um, it's the Coen Brothers' first film using digital. Uh, and I, I don't think it helps their already existing tendencies to sometimes push uh, digital post-production work too far. I think like they perhaps did with things like uh, A Brother Out Thou, which I don't think has aged that well in terms of that extreme colour correction that they applied to that film. Um, it's a very artificial kind of look. That is okay with me. Mm. Uh, I, I think I've liked it a little bit more in retrospect over time, thinking back on it, than I did actually watching it, but I still don't like it very much. So that is Fair enough. probably my biggest disappointment. Because I, I, I thought I'd enjoy it, uh, even just as a meat and potatoes Coen Brothers film. But yeah, you said you did not enjoy it at all. It was a bit of a struggle. Like, there were elements, as I said earlier, that I did enjoy such as watching Tom Waits wander about as like an old prospector. <laughs> nah, that's, that's great stuff. Um, that was probably my favourite bit of the film. But the, yeah, pretty much the rest of it. I, I wasn't really having much of a good time. Your film. My final disappointment is Hereditary, which uh, I thought was going to be, you know, uh, like scary, but wasn't that scary and just just sort of dumb except for the but, decapitation which is hilarious the one redeeming thing. um yeah yeah and uh, has some uh inventive imagery but for the most part it was just sort of like okay yeah whatever <laughs> there's nothing that i saw in it that hadn't been done better elsewhere mm. so that's all i gotta say about hereditary um all right and what is your final disappointment? My final disappointment is probably the film I was looking forward to most on my list of disappointments, which was mm. uh, Death of Stalin, which mm. I did enjoy. I, and I thought it was decent, but it, it certainly fell short of what I hoped it would be, uh, as I talked about at the time, maybe, or unless that's the cut episode, I can't remember. Um, but, yeah, I, I didn't think... It, I found it uh, a bit prosaically directed in a way that... Yeah. Uh, inhibited the film i mean it doesn't always have to be like that this type of film doesn't have to be like super visual all the time or anything like that but i, I think the milieu that it was going for does lend itself to at least some more interesting uh visual decisions uh, that would have i think helped the film along uh, it, felt, it felt a bit flat to me but i yeah. still i still thought it was 
funny. Okay. And there are good performances and stuff. Uh, that was a film that I liked well enough, and then I don't know, I forgot that about much about it after yeah. I saw it. Yeah. But I wasn't really that, that disappointed by it, so. It actually was, like, a, that's probably a good point. It actually was somewhat forgettable. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that certainly can qualify as disappointment for you. Mm. Um, but it was not for me. All right, so where are we Where are we now? Are we back to good lists or are we on to bad lists? Where list? are we now? Is that what you want? Yeah. Where are we now? I can see the rest of the song. Yeah. The more that you know. You'll add like the the song like behind you. Oh no, I have to play it to whatever key you sing. Oh yeah. Or I could pitch if you're vocal to the key. Even better. Um, what are the rest of the lyrics? You know. As we catch the train, this is like the best Bowie impression I've ever done. From Pontchartrain, you never do that. That I could do that Just walking the dead I mean, yeah, I barely it. know the song That's it, that's I can't it. even remember like what it sounds like or if I've heard okay. it Um, let's do two more superlative categories And then Alright Move on to our next, uh, five Best of 2015 movies Do you want to do one of your categories? I mean, it's not even funny, but all I wrote down was best installment of the Mission Impossible franchise released in 2018. That's, that's, even, that's so dumb. That's not funny at all. No, best best film starring a mute Amish, Amish guy in future Berlin. <laughs> that was funnier. There we go. That's my... That's the end uh, of so my it, it's A Star is Born? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so um, this one is... Uh, Films that I wish I had watched for this top 15 best movies of 2015. Oh, interesting. I, I could have a good answer to that. If, but again, I don't have anything in front of me to refer to. <laughs> uh, well, maybe I'll provide you one. Okay. So the films that I have nominated for this are Zama. Sorry to Bother You. Support the Girls. Can You Ever Forgive Me? Not Not you, the movie Can You Ever Forgive Me. Happy as Lazaro, Hale County, This Morning, This Evening, A Bread Factory, uh, both parts of that film, are both films that comprise uh, the duology of A Bread Factory, uh, If Beale Street Could Talk, and mm -hmm. The Mule. Uh, and would you like to take a gander at my, what my winner is? The Mule. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which I was going to go see, but it said I had to work on papers, so... Um, but actually, The Mule is tied with If Beale Street Could Talk, which I am also exceptionally excited to see. So there you go. But I'll probably see The Mule before I'll see If Beale Street Could Talk. <laughs> so, okay. Do you do you have a film that you had wish you wished you had watched for your time? Uh, Burning. I wanted to watch. Um, there's probably Shop others. Lifters. Maybe Yeah, Shoplifters I did want to see. And there'll probably have this. So the next category is uh, the most pleasant surprise. Oh, that's um, a good one for me. Yeah. See, these are, these are good categories. <laughs> oh, this is the first good category. Shut up! I hate you. <laughs> um, and I have five films listed for here for this this one. Uh, and mine are. Um, actually, I have six. Sorry. 
Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> so this is kind of the inverse of our uh, disappointments list, where these are films that I uh, was either not excited or not especially excited to see that managed to, to see, uh, uh, exceed. exceed their ex- Shut up. <laughs> exceed my expectations by quite a bit. Okay, and so basically, the winner of the category is the one that I enjoyed, um, you know, most proportionally to how little I thought I was going to enjoy it going in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the nominees are Venom, <laughs> The Commuter, Mandy, Ready Player One. Avengers Infinity War and Solo with Star Wars Story. And the winner is Venom. It is, yep. <laughs> Which I enjoyed quite a bit and was expecting to be complete garbage. So there you go. Even if I definitely enjoyed uh, every other movie on that list more than I enjoyed Venom, <laughs> Venom is still the most pleasant surprise for me. Uh, and do you have a winner for this category? Yeah, so I would have this, some of the same shortlist because there weren't that mm. many films that exceeded my expectations, but Solo was one of them. Yeah, and it so quite was... exceed your expectations quite a bit. Yeah, and so was one of the other films you mentioned. Uh, Ready Player One. <laughs> and Ready Player One, yeah, those two. And Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say that like... Me, but you seem to enjoy it enough. I enjoyed it, but I wouldn't say like it was, there was a massive discrepancy between how much I thought I'd hate mm. it or anything like that. Okay. Um, but certainly solo there was, and Ready Player One was more enjoyable than it should have been, really. So. <laughs> it was on my top 15, so there you go. Is solo the only film that's been on both of our top 15 lists so far? <laughs> I think, yes. Yes, it is. Okay. So solo would be my biggest, my pleasantest surprise. This soul is pretty good. Okay. Uh, so shall we move on and talk about our numbers uh, 10 through 6? Yes, we shall. Okay. Do you want to start with yours this time? Or do you, do you want me to start again? Uh, you start again. No, I'll start. Because I was starting before, okay. wasn't I? So it's my turn anyway. Yeah. Um, so my number 10 is... Dun, 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 dun. What is your number uh, 10? A film I watched this morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I think I know what it is, and it'll be on my list. Yeah, The Other Side of the Wind. Yes, that will which, be on my list. Which is the belatedly and posthumously completed final film uh, uh-huh. by Orson Welles. Uh, so my understanding is that he edited together about 40 minutes at some point before he died. Yeah, that's what I had heard instructions here and there about what he wanted to do with the rest of the film Mm -hmm. and about a hundred hours of footage. Mm -hmm. And there was all sorts of legal entanglements that prevented the film from being completed until Mm -hmm. now. Yes. Um, And I think they've done a pretty good job under the circumstances, I would say. Yeah, I would agree with you. I don't think it's a perfect film or anything like that. And I don't think it could be in the circumstances. Um. And I, I was certainly drifting off a little bit. As, <laughs> well, that's, that's a duration. thought of yours to the, more than the films. <laughs> as in it was like losing me a little bit in, in spots. I don't think it's uh, it justifies its entire span uh, of what we can uh, see. Again. But there is, it's, still, it's still pretty enjoyable for what it is. And there are some really interesting moments. So the film within a film also called The Other Side of the yes. Wind, that the fictional... John Houston 
played director um, <laughs> is making. Uh, who, whose name in the film is Bon Buston. His name in the film is Jake. Jake Hannaford. I was making a joke. Uh, he's making a film that's like Orson Welles' parody of an art film. Well, it's a parody of like Antonioni, basically. Yeah. Mixed with some like 70s erotica, too. Yeah. Which is fitting because the the guy who is the director of photography on this and F for Fake, at least for the parts of F for Fake that you know, Orson Welles shot, uh, is a guy named Gary Gaver, who, uh, when he was not being Orson Welles' cinematographer, was a prolific director of uh, porno- pornography. And, I mean, I don't think he wanted to be, but he couldn't no. sustain living, no. just making this film. So he no. needed some other form of income, and basically he was just working the entire time. Yeah. Either on pornography or the other or, side of the wind. Or, you know, loads of other projects. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, the sort of, most of the film within a film is, is sort of dodgy. But there's kind of an amazing... But it's intentionally supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. But there's kind of an amazing um, sex scene in a car. Yeah. That is is very striking and yeah. uh, very unusual, I guess, for Orson Welles. Yeah. I mean, not not necessarily in that oftentimes his films feature like striking... No, no, no. But, like, but he, he never like, dealt this explicitly with sexual well, scenes. Well, have you seen The Immortal Story? No. Uh, that one is about sex. Okay. And and that that sequence in F for fake where um, there's there's two bit parts of TNA, that yeah. are pretty yeah a bit of TNA <laughs> yeah F for fake's a good movie but yeah other side of the wind is uh, worth watching I would say if you're interested yeah um, okay should I do my number ten now mm-hmm. okay you have to set me up do your number ten now <laughs> whoa so blonde. Is oh, Romance it, uh, Dead? Mary Poppins Return? Yeah, it is. No, it's actually A Quiet Place. Ah. Oh. No. My number 10 film is, I assume, a film that's going to be on your top 10 list, or top ooh, 15 ooh. list. Well, you'd think that, uh, but maybe it's not. <laughs> maybe it's not. Uh, and I assume that the rest of my the films on my list are not going to be on your list, so no. <laughs> I think this will be the last film that we agree on, uh, which is Mission Impossible Fallout. Ah, yes. Uh, the extremely excellent latest entry in the Mission Impossible franchise uh, that is just some of the best and most frenetic action filmmaking that I've seen in quite a while. Um, yeah, we did an entire episode on it, so I don't feel the need to go into too much detail, but if you are able to get over some of the dodgier aspects of Tom Cruise, I like the fact that he basically employs slaves. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so if you don't mind slavery, it's a great film. Uh, what is your number nine, Hugh Hamilton? Uh, my number nine, pipping the late master, is to all the uh-huh. boys I've loved before. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> please. The super enjoyable Netflix romantic comedy. <laughs> okay, please continue. It's definitely, it's definitely more enjoyable viewing, I think, than the other side of the wind. <laughs> okay. And cinematically superior on every level. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> What's your number nine? Is that it? <laughs> That's it. There's not much to say about it. It's just a really solid, enjoyable <laughs> romantic comedy. Uh, 
my right. uh, My number nine is a movie that is definitely not going to be on your list. I assume. I mean, maybe it is, but I, I can't imagine it is. Uh, which is First Man. Uh, about the first man who ever went into I space. Forgot I, I forgot I even say that. Did I not put that? Did I not log that in Letterbox or something? <laughs> I don't think you did, but I don't, I don't know. I guess that, that means... Um, yeah, I didn't. I would have included that as a disappointment, actually. Well, too bad for you. <laughs> my biggest disappointment of um, this podcast is forgetting to include the first man <laughs> on my five biggest we'll do, we'll do a best. We'll get to that. Uh, we'll, we'll do a, uh, a best of our podcast. Yeah, <laughs> best jokes of this. That'll be, that'll be the next. That'll be, we'll do a quip show of our, <laughs> of our podcast. Oh, God. I couldn't imagine anything worse than like sifting through the old episodes. To find oh, I, I'd do it. I'll do it. All right, you can do um, it. Uh, so yeah, First Man, uh, a movie about space that I really loved. Um, it reminded me of my father, uh, not in a good way. Your father Neil Armstrong. Yeah, yeah, my father Neil Armstrong, the first man <laughs> who was ever in space. Um, it's just a really well-made and beautiful film, and I liked it a lot. I, I disagree. What I say about that. Yep. I disagree. I, that, I disagree that you liked it a lot. <laughs> you disagree that I liked it. Hey, I haven't judged you for any of your opinions. So you have. You've torn me to shreds. Everything I've said on this podcast. Uh, okay. Anyway, where you are shut, we? Where you are shut we? your you shut your poor mouth. I'll shut my pizza hole. Perfect. Um, what we? is your number eight? My number eight is a film that you've already mentioned, which is Black Panther. Mmm, a good one. Which uh, is a is a enjoyable and refreshing change of pace for Marvel. I, think. I would agree with that. And hopefully they make. I mean, I guess they are making more. Um, my number eight is. Wait, wait, I'll see uh, you. What? Okay, with. What's with your Tate Higgs. <laughs> Just him? He's your eighth favorite film of 2018. Tate Higgs. Cool. <laughs> My private home movies of Tate Higgs. Okay. Uh, no, my number eight is uh, Josephine Decker's Madeline's Madeline, uh, which is a film about a. Uh, Cake factory. Yep. That's a bread factory. Madeline's a cake. Madeline's are cookies. No, cookies is not the terminology we use here. We'd say it's a cake. No, but that's bullshit. I'm not even good at it. What's that? What's that? We already fucking thought about if he pies and stuff again. Yeah, and it was the classic bit of the podcast. So. <laughs> so, so we're just chasing the success of that. Yeah, chasing it's, that high. It's just pathetic. It's just pathetic. <laughs> Um, but Madeline's Madeline is a film about a. So um, if you go to Wikipedia page, okay, and the I don't first care. I'm gonna fucking the Madeline let me finish. or Petite Madeline <laughs> is a traditional small cake from Commercy okay, and Living. I don't, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. Uh, Madeline's Madeline uh, is a film about a uh, somewhat psychologically disturbed teenager who's sort of forced to the ringer and forced to find herself um, after she is sort of abused by all the adults in her life. And it's just a really great film. Um, it really. Uh, Where's it from? The America. Oh, is that? Okay. I haven't yeah. heard of it, I don't think. Really? It doesn't it's ring good. a bell. It's good. Um, you should watch it. But it has some really great... Is it referring uh, to sort the of cake? Formalist. No, it's the okay. character's name is Madeline. But that's but what it I mean, like some... it's her cake. Jesus, shut the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> uh, anyway, so... Um, it has some really great uh, formalist touches, and it does a really it does an admirably um, intense job of trying to convey its titular character's mental distress using the language of filmmaking. 
and I thought it was really uh, moving and powerful. And that's Madeline's Madeline. What is your number seven? Uh, where was I? Let me go back to my list. One second. My number seven was uh, a film I saw two days ago, which was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Wow. Which, uh, like, I guess like Black Panther is similarly refreshing and sort of on par with uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. It sort of nailed that tone. Um, especially that, that, that Spider-Man tone that I think Homecoming captured really well is also captured really well here. Would you, do you prefer it to Homecoming or are they about I, it's, it's actually flying. tricky. I'd probably have to re-watch Homecoming not on a plane to make that. Which we'll, which we'll have to do for our Spider-Man special. Mm. But one of the things I really like about uh, Into the Spider-Verse uh-huh. uh, is the animated aesthetics which is sort of this cel-shaded 3D graphics, essentially, I think. But um, given sort of a flickery style that is trying to mimic 2D animation. Mm. Yeah, it was very striking in the trailers that I've seen. Yeah, it actually works really well. And it means that the uh, inevitable fight sequences uh, play a lot more enjoyably than they do in the live-action Marvel films. So it doesn't really have the same kind of lulls that I, I've come to expect, uh, at least personally. So uh, it's pretty pretty solid all the way through. Uh, Phil Lord was the one who uh, he just wrote, he just co-wrote it. co-wrote the screenplay and was one of the producers. And sort of similar to the Lego Movie, which was better than I expected it to be. All the jokes land, even the ones that you know I wouldn't say all the jokes are the best jokes in the world, but they are all executed and they I mean they're all executed well and they all pretty much land so it was a How pleasant was Cage? pleasant movie back to front doesn't get much to do but, but he's pretty it, he's pretty good okay that's good to hear all right uh, should I do my number seven or do you have more to say about Spidey no you Bat? can do your number seven okay my number seven of the best films of 2018 as presented by me is a little movie called uh, Paddington 2. Uh. A movie about a bear. <laughs> I'm just like causing you pain, motherfucker. A movie about a bear who uh, I said it was goes okay. to Britain. I thought that was a pain expression. No, it was like an ah. Uh, uh. uh, it wasn't anything. Uh, it's Stop a reading into it, man. Totally delightful film. Um, and Hugh Grant is my nominee for Best Supporting Actor of 2018. And that's all I'll say. The, yeah, the only thing that annoyed... I mean, I didn't love the film uh, yeah, wholeheartedly. Yeah. I know what you're going to say. Just don't even bother. I don't care. Just next, next, next. All I'm going to say is I wanted the Hugh Grant musical number <laughs> I know, to I know, I know, I know. We talked about this already. What's your number six? My number six is Mission Impossible Fallout. Wow. Uh, yeah, Mission Impossible Fallout uh, is hard to criticize. It's a faultlessly executed entry in the Mission Impossible <laughs> franchise. Uh-huh. Yes, that is. It <laughs> it's also the best Mission Impossible movie that was released in 2018. It is. Yeah, weird. It's some stiff competition, but yes, I think it just pips the other ones. Uh, so funny. Yeah. So funny. What's your number six, motherfucker? 
My number six is a film called Suspiria. A movie about a bunch of witches in a dance academy. Cool. Um, and I really enjoyed it a lot. Uh, it's cool. My number. F- it's not. Well, no, no, no. We're not. We're not doing that. We're gonna take a break and then do our <laughs> ten worst. Jeez. Jesus Christ. All right. Um. Uh, it's it's not a film that I think is entirely successful, Suspiria, but what is there I think is really uh, fun and sometimes grim and silly and uh, creepy and it's just a range of things. I really love that a lot. That's Suspiria. You shut your fucking mouth. It's not even wait. You haven't even seen it. It's fire. It's fire. Your boy. It's I fire. don't want to cast cast any aspersions on the film. I was more casting aspersions on you. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you, fuck, you. You suck my dick. <laughs> anyway, what are we up to? Um, yep. Now we're gonna take a pause and <laughs> do our some more supportive categories. Oh and... boy! <laughs> Shut up. You like some of mine. I like one of them. <laughs> you like a couple. All right. Okay, uh, so let's do some scrotus categories, and then we're gonna do our, uh, and then we're gonna do our bottom t- tens. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. So uh, my next scrotus category is um, best postmortem performance. Uh, <laughs> and the, the nominees are uh, John Houston. Yeah. Susan Strasberg. Uh, who plays the film critic in Other Side of the Wind? Mm-hmm. Uh, Tonio Selworth. Tonio Selworth, who plays the Baron in The Other Side of the Wind. <laughs> like the guy, he's like screenwriter. Yeah. Uh, then Mercedes McCambridge, who plays the editor in The Other Side of the Wind. And then uh, Kieran Kiki, who plays the grandmother in Shoplifters. Okay. And the winner is John Houston. <laughs> Um, would you like to choose a winner for that category? Was there like an Anton Yelchin film this year or not? There was. There was. He, I, yeah, it's got Thoroughbreds. Okay, well let's let's uh, throw him a bone. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen it, so. All right, John Houston is <laughs> you. Okay. Uh, it just well, I I think I could agree. It's just a magnificent performance. Um. Anyway, so yes. Uh, then my next category is best use of a thing not typically used for fighting for fighting. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Can you come up with anything? Um, that was the for the listeners' benefit. Whatever. Uh, the nominees are Mission Impossible Fallout uh, for the helicopter duel sequence. Uh, but Mission Impossible Fallout has uh, quite a few others. I think you would, uh, you could include here. Uh, then Mandy, there is a chainsaw on chainsaw fight sequence. Mm-hmm. And finally, the commuter, which figure features the scene where uh, Liam Neeson fights a uh, bad guy uh, armed with an axe with a guitar. <laughs> and that is those are my nominees. <laughs> and I have to go to the commuter. Yeah, let's let's both go with the Camino. I agree. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> All right. Uh, my next category is my favorite rant. 
And I only have one nominee and one winner for this category. So, Wait, can I nominate my up. least favorite rant? Yeah, sure. This segment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I'm going to weave now. Uh, and my favorite rant of 2018 is uh, in Destination Wedding, there is a sequence where Keanu Reeves rants at length about PC culture, <laughs> which I thought was quite funny. I do want to see that. Actually, that's probably the film above Burning that I'm going to see. <laughs> it's pretty good, as you might imagine. Um, and I'm going to do one more, and then we can do our bottom ten. All right. And I only have uh, three left. Why don't I just do all three of them? How about that? Yeah, just just nail it out. Okay, but you have to you have to participate in the rest of these. I'll agree with your winners. No, you have to participate in them. Alright. Okay. Knock it out. Uh, <laughs> this is for worst trend, okay? Okay. And it is... Uh, my number one is people uh, giving a lot of critical acclaim to uh, actors' directorial debuts. And the only examples I have this are mid-90s and A Star is Born, both of which seem to receive uh, outsized attention, given that they both looked... One of them was bad, and the other one looked like garbage. And I couldn't uh, understand why people cared. got a bit of buzz as well, didn't it? Yeah, so that's another one. Uh, and what's his, there's another one that I was like, oh, that's that's weird. Um, I can't remember now. It wasn't, like, acclaimed, I don't think. Oh, uh, yeah, no, oh, uh, Night, Night of the Hunter. That was pretty disappointing. Shut up. Ethan Hawke uh, made a film, too. Did he? Okay. Yeah, he did. Called Blaze. Was Future World this year? It was, but that's not his directorial debut. No, <laughs> debut. no, it's not. Yeah. Um, and no one cares about Future World. My, my, and th- this is why I didn't really care that much about the Ethan Hawke one, because no one seems to care about that movie. But it's weird to me that the both Mid-90s and A Star is Born received so much attention when they mm. were both... Pretty, uh, or they, oh, I mean, in Benetti's case, I can't really say for certain because I didn't see it, but uh, Star is Born was pretty forgettable. Um, and then another worst trend is uh, Netflix being bad. <laughs> yeah, that'd be my choice. Putting out just <laughs> she's being heaping tons of garbage down our throats. Uh, and then finally, uh, Filmstruck being mercilessly killed. Mm hmm. Yeah, those are my three worst trends, and I don't have a winner because they're all terrible. Yeah, I, I support each of them. Okay, uh, so this one ties into one that I did a little earlier, but is distinct, I think, and it has none of the same sequences. Even though I think one of them would count, but we're not. I'm not going to include it here, which is the most unintentionally funny moment in any film. Okay. okay. <laughs> what, what are you doing? Are you gonna walk out? You know, like when you're in prison, you've got like nothing else to do. Like, <laughs> Shut up. You often just pick up a harmonica. Fuck you! Fuck you! <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna okay, delete okay. the recording. I'm gonna continue. delete the recording. I'm going continue. to do it. No, no, no. Continue. No. If you if you play the harmonica, I'm going to literally die. <laughs> <laughs> the joke's over. I don't need to keep playing it. It's done. Okay. It's a good joke. It's registered. It's on tape. Okay. Uh, so the most unintentionally funny moment. Okay. Have you got that? Yeah. Most unintentionally funny moment. Yes. Well, okay. I know what the winner is. Well, for you, maybe. I think it's, uh, it's, it's got to be the joint winner. <laughs> no, no, because maybe it's not even one of my nominees. It's not? Uh, maybe. Well, let's find out. Okay. Right. Uh, so, 
Because I've already awarded Zoe so much. It would be a shame to award it more. Oh, man. But it's the um, <laughs> But it already won my most hilarious twist award, so right. can't do that. Um, so, most unintentionally funny Sorry. moments. So, number one Sorry. for me is Mute, the film Mute. Um, in the scene where <laughs> uh, Justin Thoreau has stabbed Farad and then turns uh, his video camera uh, towards him to show that he's going to yell, bless his daughter. Uh, I thought was <laughs> unintentionally funny. To the point where you and I think about it right now, I'm laughing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Uh, no, shut up. Let me finish. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm totally respectful of you. You're such an asshole. Totally uh, respectful of me. Excuse yeah, me. So. Yeah. You shut up. Okay. Um, you just so, told me to shut up. Uh, yeah, another know. nominee is Rampage. There's a scene that George, who is the big ape in the film. Oh, um, yeah, that, I forgot that film existed. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't see it. So, um, is there's this, he destroys a lot of the city and then he turns into a good guy for no reason. And then at the end of the movie, someone says, You saved the city, George. And it's like, <laughs> Did he really? <laughs> he killed a bunch of people. Uh, so, I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, and then uh, another nominee is Sam Worthington swimming like a fish in the movie The Titan. Mm-hmm. Very funny. Also, <laughs> also included is the scene where uh, the uh, wife character finds a file that has like a dangerous circled in, <laughs> in a big <laughs> that red marker. <laughs> That's also funny. Uh, uh, another one is the uh, bizarrely explicit sex scenes in the movie Anon. Yeah, I was gonna. I would have nominated that. Well, I have nominated them. Um, and I just have one more, which is the moment in A Star is Born where a Lady Gaga foreshadows um, Bradley Cooper's death by saying that her tour is going to go out with a bang, which I thought was really funny. Uh, and for me, the winner is um, Mute in this category. The only thing I would add would be the, the Zoe moment that you've already referenced in a yeah. different category. Yeah, which so is That was an funny. amazing moment. Yeah. That that is my honorary winner. And also, you and McGregor crying in Zoe. <laughs> yeah, I, I found the, very funny. The and no, actually, my favorite, my, the funniest bit of Zoe was the the scene in which he's taking Wait, that. Funnier than the tear ducts. Possibly, the funniest bit for me was the scene in which uh, he's taking that love drug and he's with like a random <laughs> yeah. stranger. Yeah. But he's telling her about his previous relationship with a robot girl. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Which I just I just found like thinking about the that actual sequence and being that other person who just wanted to get high and fuck, <laughs> having to hear about this guy's sad sub story. What about the what about the sequence where the uh, old couple just sort of like puts their heads on each other and dances to Beach House while taking that drug? <laughs> <laughs> also very funny. It's a funny film. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's the be- it's the best comedy of twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Yeah. Um, okay. And then one final category, and then I'll stop doing the supportive categories that you fucking hate so much, you asshole. Hey, this and this is one part, will... this is part of the banter. Uh, this this uh, this is one that you'll probably need to open your letterbox account for. <laughs> All right. To answer, because I cannot provide an answer for you, though I might on accident. Uh, which is the best movie not from 2018 that I watched for the first time Ooh, in 2018. That is a good question. That's a good category. Yeah. Always, actually, always forgiven. Actually, do you want do you want to pause so you can look up a nominee or a? Uh, we can uh, vamp. 
No, no, I'm gonna. I want to get some water. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm back. I had to tell me all the names, but the answer is easy. So. So, Judy, go first. Uh, the so my nom. I mean, I can't really list all the nominees because there's so. Well, just list some of them. I list some of them. So. Have you been broken? There's, there's too many even to like try and whittle it down. That's why I didn't. I just I just narrowed it down to the ones that I gave five stars on Letterboxd. And then yeah, but I've got tons of five stars on Letterboxd. Yeah, well that's your own stupid last year. Fault. Just to get like five uh, or odd, some. Odd Man Out was one that uh, stood out that I really liked. Uh, Woman in the Dunes. Uh, young Girls of Rochefort um, A Psychology Stage Door uh, And I Was Born But And the winner is I Was Born But Okay um, Well, should I do mine? Or do you have anything more to say? I have nothing more to say I've okay. said it all Okay. You've seen it all? I've seen it all. I've seen it all. I don't know the rest of the lyrics to that song, so I'll just keep on singing the chorus over and over again. I've seen it all. I've I already know what you're winning. I've seen it all. What? No, you don't. It's obvious. Yeah. Uh, my winner is, in fact, a tie. So, I don't know how obvious it is. To you. A Thai film? Nope, a tie between two films. Oh. Um, so, here are my nominees. True Stories. Chung King Express. F for Fake. Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. Heat. Basic Instinct. Daisies. Tokyo Story. Pather Panjali. The Beaches of Agnes, and Dead or Alive 2 Birds. <laughs> and the winner is a tie between Merry Christmas, Sister Lawrence, and Dead or Alive 2 Birds. And there you go. Cool. Yep, that's it. So now you can insert your shitty version of the, the theme music here. Alright, so the worst films ever. Is that what we're doing now? Yeah, the worst films of 2018. And ever. Yeah, I suppose. Who wants to start? Uh, you start this time. Sure. Uh, my number 10 worst is a film we talked about a bit. Uh, Hold the Dark. Terrible. Mm-hmm. Bad. Disappointing. Garbage. Yep. <laughs> what was your number 10? My number 10 was Stan and Ollie. <laughs> I did not see it, so I can't Which was comment. most things I hate about biopics. Uh-huh. In one film, say. So. Seemed bad to me. It was bad. My number nine is Anon. A movie where Clive Owen has really explicit sex scenes with a variety of women half of his age. And uh, it's just really weird and gross and boring <laughs> all at once. My number nine is uh, Jurassic Park. 
Jurassic World, whatever it's called. No, Jurassic Park is good. Jurassic World. No, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Fallen we talked about it three times already today. <laughs> I'm just reading what I wrote down. Uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is my number nine, mm-hmm. which was okay. just forgettable trash. Yeah. Second that. Um, my number eight is Rampage, uh, which was insufferable. <laughs> but not as insufferable of seven other films that I watched this year. <laughs> Uh, my number eight is Hold the Dark, for reasons we've already called. Mm. Yes. Um, my number seven is When We First Met, <laughs> uh, which is like oh, a, a creepy, a creepy, shut up, a creepy rape fantasy played out <laughs> with <laughs> a bizarre plastic-faced gremlin as the main character. <laughs> I enjoyed that. I, I wish I remembered that in time for my top 15. <laughs> shut up. You didn't enjoy it. I did. Remember, I laughed. <laughs> you said you laughed like for some twice reason. Or three times. And then, and then you could never articulate what you laughed at, if I remember correctly. No, I did. Uh, I anyway. articulated the two points that I laughed yeah. at. It's on tape. Okay. Please continue. Uh, what am I to? Number seven? Anon. Again. That's pretty bad. <laughs> bad film. Uh, my number six is Future World. Nice. Uh, James Franco's feature-length uh, attempt to jack off himself while also making a Mad Max movie. Successfully. No. Oh. Oh, this is a bad list, yeah. He neither finishes nor makes a good Mad Max movie. Wow. Uh, my number six is The Predator. Mm. Which was torturous to sit through. <laughs> But there's that one scene that's funny, where the guy has that disease, where he says the funny things. That's hilarious. Okay. Uh, my number five is a film called Godar Mon Amour, which is uh, <laughs> glib and uh, oh stupid and uh, totally, I mean, you know what, there's plenty of bad things you can say about the director, Jean-Luc Godard. So, which I agree with. Uh, but it is uh, undoubtable that he made some very uh, amazing films. I think you can agree with me on that. Yes. And uh, to make this sort of terrible parody of his work that uh, just seems to miss everything that was interesting at all about his directorial style uh, is just an insufferable sort of attack on uh, basic human decency. Uh, this is especially uh, uh, noxious in that the film's like nominal protagonist, who is Godard's um, second wife, uh, is basically just reduced to uh, an attractive like uh, I don't know uh, thing for the camera to gaze at, mm. uh, even though it's nominally telling her story. When in fact she had a interesting film career that stretched beyond. Uh, Godard, and uh, seemed to be a pretty interesting uh, actress in her own right. She's in uh, Ahazard Balthazar, for instance. Mm. Um, And I think that it's pretty bizarre that the film uh, simultaneously uh, seems to want to tear Godard down through her eyes, and yet does not seem to characterize her in the slightest. And it is bad, and I hated it. And that is Godard Pottermore. It looked more insufferable than Stan and Ollie, I would say. 
Yes, but it does not. It's not a standard biopic, so I guess I'll give it that. Yeah, it's like the it's like something worse than a standard biopic. <laughs> yep. Yeah, uh, anyway, exactly what right. about to number five? That was my number five. Yeah. Yeah. So um, my number five is set it up, mm, which is an absurdly later. overpraised um, Netflix romantic comedy, which we found uh. Uh, numerous problems with. But we will talk about that in a bit. Mm. Uh, my number four we said film is a film we've talked about at length on this podcast <laughs> and others, uh, which is Zoe, <laughs> which is terrible, but also hilarious. But every part that's not hilarious is completely insufferable. Mm. <laughs> but when I think about it, all I remember is the funny bits, like how Christina Aguilera plays a, <laughs> a robot the proprietor of a robot Fortello. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's bad. Don't watch Zoe, but also don't watch it. And what is your number four? My number four is The Titan. Mm. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> Which is deathly dull. Probably the best way I can characterize it. <laughs> but it has a funny bit. Although it has, like Zoe, it has a couple of unintentionally funny bits. <laughs> the Titan, uh, I did I did not have the same, like, mm. uh, hatred of as you did. Neither the Predator, though. What's your number three? My number three is a little film that we've also already talked about, which is Butte. Which is uh, just a fucking mess, but also a very boring mess. Mm. Um, except for the scene that I talked about earlier, which I thought was really funny, because I am a uh, pedophile. I have a lot of problems in a, in a pedophile. <laughs> um, but yes, mute is is no good. Uh, you should, someone is watching it. You should push the mute button on your remote so you won't have to suffer through it. Um, so you can just enjoy the amazing visual <laughs> language. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, I I will say that another one of my favorite moments in it is the. <laughs> The bit at the the I can't even remember how, but the the way the credit sequence unrolls, mm. I remember being really funny, and I can't remember exactly how it how it works. The title of the uh, film was like on a uh, legal. Yeah, it was like a yeah yeah. It was it was it was like a in in his hospital bed or something like that after his mute accident. It was like diagnosis mute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something stupid like that. Um. So, but mute is terrible, and no one should watch it. But what is your number three? Uh, my number three is Zoe. <laughs> uh-huh. But I, again, it is a. It's probably one of the better entries on this list. Yeah. In terms of it's in terms of, of watchability, experience. but in terms of uh, being a good movie, it is definitely yeah. not. Yeah. Uh, your number two. My number two is uh, a movie that has two in its title, which is Deadpool two. Ooh. Uh, a movie that is unwatchable yeah. and that I seriously contemplated walking out of in the middle of. Yeah. Uh, it made me resent having to do this podcast with you yeah. because it meant that I could not walk out of it. Yeah. Uh, I had to watch it all the way through. So that is Deadpool 2. Uh, my number a 2 is Mute, terrible which, which we have covered at length. <laughs> yeah, and then my number 1 is Set It Up. Wow. Which is... Terrible. And I assume your number one is Deadpool 2. My number one is Deadpool 2. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, a lot of the same movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some divergences, but 
It's mostly movies that we talked about on the podcast. Yep. <laughs> right? Uh, so now we've entered the final stretch of this podcast Whoa. where we rank our top five top films five. of 2018. I know. Totally crazy. So, would you like to start? Uh, my number five is An Elephant Sitting Still. Mm, which has the, not been released uh, here yet. Four-hour epic um, by the late Bo Hu, who killed himself uh, during the <laughs> arduous movie was so post-production release process, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I thought it was a very uh, successful film, uh, given its scope and length. Um, and it had some really effective stylistic choices uh, mm-hmm. that really tied into the themes of the film quite well. And it has kind of a... Uh, I think it could be criticised as being... Uh, its worldview being perhaps a little bit adolescent and cynical. Uh, but I kind of mm. liked that as, as a expression of, of that kind of worldview. The funniest bit with it is like all there's uh not all the characters are young but a lot of them are there's a few lead characters who are like in school uh, and the main sort of the main character who probably gets the most time is, is a young kid uh, like a mm. teenage boy um and uh, the, the funniest part of the film is that all the ad- adult characters always have this little discussion with them in which they tell them how awful life and existence is Mm. Like that seems to be all the adults do in the Sounds hilarious. How, how shitty everything is. Um, but it's quite, I thought it was quite compelling and enjoyable. Okay, I will watch it when it gets released in America in 2019. Cool. What was your number five? My number five is a film called Shoplifters. Uh, as about a family who shoplifts themselves a new little child. I, I thought uh, like they shoplift themselves. <laughs> they only shoplift me. Yeah, they shoplift shop. themselves. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's just a really moving and um, warmly drawn portrait of people on the fringes of Japanese society that I thought was uh, heartbreaking. <laughs> and that's Shoplifters. Cool. Palm Who's your number film? four? Yes. One of the few films that seems to have actually deserved winning the Palm. Mm. Um, despite it being superseded, which we'll get to, by another film that was in competition in my personal ranking. Uh, my number four. My number four was uh, mm-hmm. Warwick Thornton's Sweet Country. Mm. An Australian film. An Australian film, yes. What? That's right. A high-placing Australian film within my top five. You're probably, you're probably overranking it a little bit. No, I think I think I think that's about where it fits for me. Ah, okay, okay. Please go into. I don't know, know nothing about this movie. Uh, so the uh, the press you will see relating to this film will refer to it as like an Australian western. Hmm. And it certainly does adopt uh, western imagery and stuff, but it, I think the Australian landscape and the era of the time lends itself to the western genre. Uh, very easily, so it it, right, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and um, it's like a, a sort of frontier type environment. Uh, there's a lot of parallels with America, especially the treatment of the indigenous populations. Sure. And uh, I thought this was a beautifully shot film, um, and it sort of transcended its screenplay, which Warwick Thornton 
didn't write in contrast to his celebrated debut feature, Samson Delilah, um, from 2009, I think it was. Um, so he's working from a, a, a screenplay, and I think the weakness of the film is the screenplay, which is a little bit uh, prone to um, black and white characterization, if you'll forgive mm. the unintentional <laughs> racial ev- evocation of that. Yikes. Um, <laughs> Like there's a there's, the main offender is there's a character who's the designated evil character of the film and he's a little bit one note um, and I'm sure the horrific stuff he does is true to life and true to history um, but I think the way they've portrayed that character is a little bit perhaps simplistic. And sometimes sometimes a little, it can be it can be more uh, maybe not compelling but you'd make your case better if they are well drawn. Yes, yes, because this just feels like. You know, you're never you're never supposed to identify anything of yourself in that person. Yeah. Yeah. There's no reason why this character would be like accepted in society. You know. Although they probably would. Like why there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever. There's no. You you never am able to feel why someone like that might have been admirable to some people. Yeah. And therefore, it's just sort of like, okay, he's a bad guy. Yeah. But. I think I think Warwick Thornton is an extraordinary director, and I think it's so well made that it does transcend those limitations. And there's particularly lovely use of flash forward throughout the film, mm. which gives it this kind of inevitable sadness about the way the events uh, unfold, um, and an inescapability about the issues relating to the these the clash of cultures at, at its heart. But I really enjoyed it. Mm. Uh, what's your number four? My number four is a film that you talked about earlier as being a film that you wish you had seen for this list, which is Burning. Uh, What's that? A movie about burning. Uh, that's it. It's about pirating films on yeah. CD-ROMs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, it's it's just... Uh, I don't want to go into too much detail because I don't want to spoil it for you. All right. And a lot of... The pleasure of the film is watching it unfold, but it is a part of the pun, just a glorious slow burn movie. So it's well titled. Uh, Yes. Um, That is mysterious and strange. Mysterious and strange. Uh, And somehow doesn't make it redundant. Uh, And it just features just very complex performances and cinematography and everything and music the music is great and that's it it would be handy if more films um titled themselves after some like positive their, attributes they want to have like their most beautiful quality lyrical and compelling is the film <laughs> shop could just be heartwarming yeah in the movie yeah that'd help perfect uh my number three and probably think it'd be bear <laughs> uh my number three which probably could be even anywhere in my top three to be honest my top three are kind of difficult to rank yeah my top my top uh i would say two through five are pretty much i could erase them in a new order and be happy with it but my number three is a film that was released uh in america in 2017 but in australia in 2018 which is lady bird Mm. Mm. which i thought was a really effectively executed coming of age film uh that was on my top of last year I saw it last year. And I, I very much look forward to what Greta Gerwig does after this. Well, I can tell you what she's going to do after this. Little Women. Yes. So you already know. Mm-hmm. 
Um, With Sasha running again, right? And Timothy Chalamet again. Mm. And Meryl Streep. Uh, what are we doing now? What are we up to? <laughs> uh, I'm doing my number three. Your number three. Which is a film called First Reformed. Uh, I do want to see Ethan Hawke. It's another film I want to see from that question you asked earlier. Yes. Uh, Ethan Hawke, he's a priest. He's Something's happening to him. The environment's collapsing. It's great. Uh, it is very Brissani. I will say that. Mm. Uh, which I didn't realize at the time because I had not seen a single film by Brisson. But now having seen Pickpocket, I can say that First Reformed has a distinctly Brissanian air. But it's very And it's good. also riffing off Winter Light as well. Yeah. But I would say it's it reminded me Well you haven't well, seen Winter Light, so you can't really tell. No. I can't talk about that. That is that is fair enough. Um uh, but it also actually reminded me of another Brisson film which I watched this year called for a different thing, for uh called The Devil Probably. Uh, which is also about environmental collapse. And I'm assuming it probably has some uh, echoes of Diary of a County Priest yeah, as well. But I've never seen it, so I couldn't say one way or another. Wait a second. Yep, so that's my number three. Alright, cool. My number two. You ready for this? Hell yeah, baby. My number two is Asako 1 and 2. Mm. Which could have been 1 and 2 of my top ten. Um eh? Eh, eh. It's a film by Happy Hours, Ryusuke Hamaguchi. I should watch Happy Hour. <laughs> Which I like a lot. I, I have a, I, it's available for me to watch, but I have not watched it. Uh, so Asaka 1 and 2 is a much shorter film. It's about three hours shorter. <laughs> and uh, it's based on a novel, and it's about a woman who... Initially has a relationship with one guy and then he disappears and then she gets into a relationship with another guy who looks identical but is a different person. Uh-huh. And I just found it very well made and super enjoyable. What is your number two? My number two is Let the Sunshine In. Mm. Uh, which is in these sort of romantic-ish comedy about the uh, life of a middle-aged French woman played by Juliette Binoche and probably my favorite performance of the year, uh, which is it's just touching and marvelous and heartbreaking and funny, and I just thought it was amazing, and I saw it at the beginning of the year and loved it and have loved it ever since and think it's probably the best movie that I've seen besides the other best movie that I've actually seen. <laughs> so. Cool. It was definitely my number one until a couple weeks ago when I saw Ooh. the other movie that is my number one. Oh, I can guess what it is then. Yeah, I'm sure you can. Aren't you fancy? Well, me on the other hand, I have no idea what your number one is. My number one is... Wait, can I guess? Yes. Is it The Star is Born? Yes. And that's your number one too, right? Yep. You saw it again uh, I, recently. I saw it. Yeah, I was like, wow... Yeah, I was like, this is the best movie that's ever been made. Uh, no, but to be real. So, Star is Born is the third uh, official remake of the Star is Born story, although there's been another film of it as well. Um, uh, that George Cooker did, Death in Hollywood, or whatever it's called. What? What? Um, but anyway, Star is Born. At um, what price, Hollywood, you yeah, dumbass? I forgot. 
so so fourth version of that story, if you include at what price Hollywood. But third version called Star is Born that follows this particular trajectory. Uh, so this tells the story of uh, Nathan Hunt Maine, Ethan Maine, Jackson Maine. <laughs> Jackson Maine, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jackson Maine and Allie, played by Lady Gaga. And uh, it's really moving and the music's great. <laughs> it's great. No, my number one movie of the year is uh, a little film. Called Downside? <laughs> no. Um, my number film, what? My number one film of the year is actually a sequel, believe it or not. Is it Deadpool 2? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> no, actually, mate, this, this, I mean, this might sound like a joke, but it's not. My number one film of the year is a Netflix original sci-fi film. <laughs> is it Mute? No. No, it's not Mute. It's not a non. It's The Titan. No, um, no, it's actually an, I'm kidding. It's actually an Amazon Prime. What? Uh, oh, it's so... <laughs> <laughs> okay. My number one film of the year is <laughs> I Am Not a Witch. Oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> oh, that's not very dismissive. Are you? <laughs> Sorry, continue. That's how we fun with you. Which is a debut film by uh, Rungano and Yoni. And it is set in... Uh, actually, I'm not sure if they named the African village that they show in the film, but it was inspired by uh, stories of um, how tribes dealt with uh, witchcraft and accusations mm. of witchcraft in Zambia. And she also based it on her experiences in, in Ghana as well. But it's a really uh, interesting film that uh, just tells the story of this uh, young member of the village who is denoted as being a witch and in a kind of magical realist touch um, this village keeps their witches um, tied up to these ribbons which give them a sort of finite amount of space they can move into and it never quite uh, commits to saying specifically that it's all nonsense or anything like that and it's quite elusive but it's also very touching and and funny as well so i really enjoyed i'm not a witch but like i said my top three or even top yeah probably top three could be in any order what is your favorite film of the year and i expect i expect at least five or six false entries before you get to your real one okay uh you can guess them then no, my actual favorite film is, yes, it is indeed The Other Side of the Wind, um, which if I agree with you to an extent that the last, like, five films I listed, or four films I listed, could be arranged in any order, uh, The Other Side of the Wind is by far my favorite movie that was released this year, uh, by a country mile. Um, it's not a perfect film, I think, by any stretch, but what is there uh, I found invigorating and inspiring and beautiful and strange and funny. And just a uh, amazing experience, and uh, I wish I could have seen what Orson Welles's version would have been, but the thing we got was uh, good enough, let's say. Yeah, and I think it's a great film. Okay, is that it? Are you still here? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. 
<laughs> are you gonna are you gonna rebut my love for the other side of the land? Uh, I mean it's alright. I gave it another ten. It was in my top ten. Can't really rebut it too much. Yeah, that's all I got. Uh, do you have anything else you'd like to say to our audience before we wish or bid twenty eighteen adieu? I'd just like to say Merry Christmas to all our Mr. listeners <laughs> of all faiths and all denominations. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, I would just like to say Merry Christmas to <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired. What if we just stop talking? Alright, let's stop talking.